0: If you are someone who's looking to learn more about fertility awareness method for natural birth control or conception and you're ready to finally get to the root of hormone imbalances for good, this is the podcast for you. The cool thing is, fertility awareness method is here for you in all seasons of your life. When you're looking to prevent pregnancy, when you're ready to conceive, and when you want to use it postpartum. So if you're in the phase of your life where you are looking for a natural form of birth control without all the hormones, head on over to my free training, NourishedWithNina.com slash fam training for all of the information. All right, let's go ahead and hop right into this new episode.
1: We don't have a ton of research on birth control, but what's there shows that there's quite a bit of nutrients that are depleted by hormonal birth control. And that matched up really well with what I saw in my testing. So it just was a big learning experience
0: for me too. Hey friends, welcome back to a new episode of the Healing Hormones Podcast. I'm Nina Boyce, your host, Certified Fertility Awareness Educator. Today on the show, by popular request, we are talking about transitioning off of birth control, and also touching on the IUD. I know there have been many questions on what the pill is actually doing to the body, what's happening when you have the IUD in, what's that doing to the body. So I brought on the expert today to talk all about this topic, and that is Kaylee McDevitt, who is a registered dietitian specializing in women's health. She owns a virtual private practice where she and her team help their clients overcome hormone and digestive issues through personalized nutrition. Having experienced the pitfalls of a conventional approach to women's health firsthand, Kaylee is passionate about empowering women to take the driver's seat over their health and well being. And you will hear too in this episode. She thought she was doing all the right things. I mean, she was literally in school to be a dietitian, and she still was struggling with period symptoms and anxiety and just struggling to deal with those symptoms after coming off of the pill. There's so much information we are just not taught. So we are digging into this. We're talking about nutrition, gut health, liver health. We are also talking about the copper IUD inflammation, all of these things that are so important so that you have options, that you have the empowered knowledge to then make the right decision for you. So if you're currently on birth control, how you can support your body, and if you're thinking about getting off of it, what you can do to then replenish nutrients and minerals. And I know that you guys are going to find so much help from this interview. So let's go ahead and hop right in. Hi, Kaylee. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so thankful that our mutual friend, Amanda Montalvo, who has been on my podcast multiple times, introduced us. And we are going to have an awesome conversation about birth control, all the different types today. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. You are welcome. So you are a registered dietitian uh, Mm -hmm. and you obviously focus on hormones. So talk to me a bit about how you decided to make this your main focus.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did not come into this field with this intent. Um, I went to school and I thought I was going to be a sports dietitian. I grew up always being an athlete. I was like so interested in maybe working for like a professional team. I even selected my internship because it had an elective rotation in sports nutrition. So that's like what I thought I was going to be doing. And then while I was in school to become a dietitian, I started to have um, a lot of hormone issues almost all of them related back to being on hormonal birth control. Yeah. Um, and I was desperately trying to apply the nutrition info. I was being taught to, f- to fix these symptoms and nothing was working. Mm-hmm. So I graduated, like became a dietitian and was the least healthy I had ever been and felt like such a fraud.
0: Yeah,
1: And I was like, man, if I can't figure this out, what, what are, what are, the average person that's not yeah you know seven years in schooling in the health field doing. So I ended up having to dive into all the women's health research and nutrition modalities out of personal necessity, uh-huh. kind of digging myself out of that hole. And then I realized that a lot of other people were dealing with that too. So I started a blog to share that mm-hmm. info while I was still not working in that space and then eventually realized there was just a big need. So It was a natural fit.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy that I mean, obviously, a lot of people in the hormone space have gone through some sort of struggle themselves. I'm Mm -hmm. curious what were what were your symptoms, and were you on birth? So you had gotten off birth control, and then the symptoms all came Mm -hmm. back, and like that's when you're like this. These strategies I'm trying to do aren't working. Like, what were your symptoms, and I'm curious what you were doing before. You know, like what wasn't working.
1: Yeah. So I went on birth control in high school, like very shortly after ever getting my first period because they were so miserable. Like I would miss days of school. They were really heavy and really painful. And I was like, I can't be dealing with this. So I went to the doctor and they were like, Hey, this will fix it. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So I went on it and initially it was great because it did fix that problem. But, um, as time went on, I started to have some mood symptoms, like a lot of anxiety and depression that wasn't there. I really just didn't feel like myself. Yeah. Um, and I would bring this up at doctor's appointments and it would be dismissed, said so that there's no correlation. I mm. would request to change types. So I tried probably every pill on the market over the span of 10 years mm-hmm. because. Kept thinking like, maybe there's one that'll make me feel better. And eventually realized that that wasn't the case. Learned a lot about birth control, things that I was never taught when I was being prescribed it. And I took myself off and I thought at that point, it was going to be like rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely was not. Mm -hmm. Um, That was like a different type of hormonal chaos. So the anxiety was there, just different. I would describe like the pill anxiety as like kind of baseline, whereas the anxiety when I came off the pill was much more cyclical in nature. Um, had a lot of acne, had hair loss, energy was in the tank. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just pretty depleted nutritionally. So
0: at that time I was like, and you were a dietitian and you were depleted nutritionally. Like, yeah, I mean, and it does imagine people like you mentioned aren't that aren't going to school for dietetics. Mm -hmm. And then here you are. So that's, I mean, that tells a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of pretty crappy nutrition advice out there for women particularly. And um, even when I was being taught in school. So I was like trying to mitigate the weight gain that happened from uh, coming off birth control. So I'm like looking at calories totally. really closely and exercising a lot. And I'm wondering why I can't get myself out of this depleted state when, you know, I yeah. wasn't taking care of myself. So it was a lot of unlearning of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so you're like, I gotta figure this out. You start self-studying, as we all do. Mm-hmm. And what was the next route for you? Were there was? Like, I know a lot of women, myself included, I started like, I'm paleo now. You know, like it yeah. was like I started off on the paleo <laughs> route, and mm-hmm. then you kind of go in and out until you finally settle on, um, you know, not a restrictive diet. But I'm curious, yeah. like, what your route was?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think I was paleo-ish for a while. That was like at its peak yeah. around that time that I was going through this. And yeah. you know, it made sense for me to look at the quality of the food that I was totally. eating and, and bring some like ancestral foods into my diet for the first time in my life. So there was a lot of good stuff with that. I think the end result of paleo for me was not enough carbs
0: yeah, uh, same, because, same. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and which, you know, we, we see in our clients often. Yeah. So I was there. Um, I was kind of by accident in a job where I was exposed to functional lab testing as a dietitian and did those tests on myself. Cause I was like, Hey, I've never done these before. Yeah. And that's when I learned like on paper, how nutritionally depleted I was across vitamins and minerals. And that's when I realized I needed to switch gears and really focus on that. And I was thinking that I was going to have like this beautiful report too, <laughs> that it was going to be yeah. like a straight A, Um, and it really wasn't.
0: And what test did really... you
1: do? So I did a micronutrient test. Then it was a blood test, um, through a company called spectra and it looks at like 37 different vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. And we were running those on all of our corporate clients. It was a corporate wellness job. And mine was probably the worst that I saw.
0: So crazy <laughs> because it's – and at that time, you were eating, like you mentioned, sort of uh, more paleo. So lots of like mm-hmm. whole foods. I'm su- I mean, I'm yeah. sure you were eating very healthy.
1: Yep, I was and I think it just it mirrored what I was learning about and yeah. you know we don't have a ton of research on birth control but what's there shows that there's a, quite a bit of nutrients that are depleted by hormonal birth control and that matched up really well with what I saw in my testing. So it just was a big learning experience for me too.
0: Yeah. I remember when I did my first HTMA, I Uh, was like, what? How in the world am I so depleted? I was like, I feel like I eat super healthy. But when the body's stressed, I mean, there's not much, you can be eating a lot of healthy things, but if your body's under a lot of stress and you're not replenishing them, it's hard to get those minerals back up.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. My first HTMA was pretty abysmal.
0: Yeah. Too. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so what are some of those nutrients that are depleted by the pill? Yeah.
1: So magnesium is a big one, particularly when we think about how likely anxiety is yes. for on the pill and post, uh, magnesium is big selenium, vitamin C and E, which are really like primary antioxidants for us. Um, and quite a few B vitamins, like pretty much the whole B complex with extra emphasis on B six, which again has huge mood implications and progesterone implications. Um, so those are the main ones and those are some heavy hitting nutrients for sure. Yeah. And you tend to see some weird stuff with copper post birth control, which I know we'll end up talking about, Mm -hmm. but sometimes depleted, sometimes excessive. It just kind of depends on the person.
0: Yeah. And so if you're planning on getting off of birth control, you know, so our routes are kind of different. Like I'm helping support people use, using fertility awareness method, of course, as like non-hormonal birth control or or conception. And of course you're supporting bodies in replenishing off the pill. So do you recommend Mm -hmm. as someone's kind of transitioning off or deciding to transition off, should they prepare for that beforehand? Totally. I think it will make that smoother for them. And that's what we do with our
1: clients too. We, you know, if we can time-wise have a prep phase for going off, it definitely gets ahead of a lot of those post-pill symptoms that we can run into. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that if you've already taken yourself off, all is lost. You know, the repletion strategy is the same, but if we can do it gradually. I think we're going to have an easier time.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's such good advice. And I want to talk now because somebody might be thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to do like a multivitamin because I'm going to get the calcium and I'm going to get, or you didn't mention calcium. I'm going to get the B vitamins in. I'm going to get the vitamin C in. all of that. Uh, So what would you recommend with that?
1: Yeah. So we typically do, we kind of piecemeal it together. Um, I used to be a big fan of multivitamins that has changed over the last couple of years, just Mm -hmm. with difficulty finding ones that had the correct form and correct balance, uh, particularly across minerals um, so I'm a big fan of using beef liver capsules mm-hmm. um, as a way to get.
0: We know um, a lot about that here. Yeah. I've checked because <laughs> yes. I was, I didn't do, uh, I started with prenatal vitamins when mm-hmm. I was getting ready to get pregnant and when I was pregnant and I switched yeah. and kind of created my own. And so like we're yes. aware of the beef liver love and love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't even have to give background on that, but we like that. <laughs> Because that's essentially
1: like nature's multivitamin. Right. Um, we're going to add in additional magnesium for sure, just knowing that depletion. Lots of mineral-rich foods and beverages in the yep. diet as well, and then we can look at like dietary sources of selenium. We can really, you know, fill those gaps through a combination of food, beverages, and some supplements. And there are, you know, a couple of decent prenatals out there which could do similar work. But lately, I've had better luck with piecemealing like yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I find that I. I tend to use those throughout all phases of my life anyway. So it's yes. like I always have beef liver in my cabinet and I always mm-hmm. have magnesium and yeah. um you know a whole food vitamin C or whatever. Like I have yes. like staples that I keep in there. So mm-hmm. they can kind of they work through all the phases of your life. While you're getting off birth control, once you're mm-hmm. feeling fine and if you're trying to get pregnant later on, they're all good.
1: Absolutely. I know it's the very same nutrients that are important for conception yeah. and optimal hormone health that are depleted by hormonal birth control ironically enough. So that, you know, repletion strategy just carried you all through the other chapters of your life.
0: Yeah. What do you remember surprised you the most when you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I did not know this about birth control. Do you remember some Mm. of the things that just shocked you the most?
1: Um, I mean, there were several. I know that when I read that hormonal birth control can actually alter the gut microbiome, I was like, Oh my gosh. Because for a period of time, I was thinking things were operating kind of in silos in the body. And it was like, there's the hormone department and then there's like the gut department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before I had realized that there was huge crosstalk between the two. Um, and knowing that hormonal birth control actually changes the like diversity and types of microbes in your microbiome is huge. Stress on the liver and gallbladder was big too. And I actually have some gallbladder cancer in the family, which is wow. pretty unusual. It's not like a very common type of cancer, but... Um, risk of gallbladder issues is significant with hormonal contraceptives and Mm. something I was never ever taught, but is pretty clear in the studies that we have. Wow. How about you? What was the most surprising thing?
0: Honestly, the gut thing was big for me. And uh, I was also similar to you struggling with anxiety, and I was very much a birth control hopper. So I remember asking my gynecologist like, I am really struggling with anxiety. Is there like another one I can try? You know, should I try this? Should I try that? And when I got off of it, and not to scare anybody, but yeah, my anxiety definitely did increase. It changed, but then I was Mm -hmm. able to address it, you know, and figure out why. Um, It's hard to do that when you're on the pill. So I think Mm -hmm. like we don't realize, and that's something I actually see in a lot of my clients, specifically if they're on Mirena, it's like such a Mm. high dose of progestion, synthetic progesterone. And I feel like it can really affect mood and suppressed mood and anxiety. So- I think that's a big one and people don't realize. My friend, Julie, she's been on here before, Julie Olemacher. She is an anti-diet coach. She didn't realize when she got off of birth control, her gut symptoms just disappeared like, and her yeah. anxiety disappeared too. So both Amazing. of hers just eliminated and it, it's like wild. Our body is fully connected, you know?
1: I know. I know it really is. And the, the mood stuff, I think, isn't talked about really at all. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed over the last yeah. you know, five to 10 years for sure. But I brought that symptom up every time I saw my doctor and it was like, well, we can prescribe you something for that. You know, it was like, that was the only thing.
0: Yep. I was prescribed both. It was like a birth control pill and then an anti-anxiety, which I, and at the time I, I didn't take, but I was like, what? Like what? I'm just going to stack it on. Like that's yeah, just what we're going to do. Like there's,
1: we've got to have other options,
0: you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's something I've made very clear through a lot of my episodes is like when I was in college, birth control served me for that time. Do you know what totally. it was like, I didn't want to get pregnant. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. any other options though. So I think if yeah. we can just let everybody know the options and if mm-hmm. for some reason birth control is your option for right now, out of sight, out of mind, easier for whatever reason, at least then like, let's know the gut side effects and support that. Yep. Let's know the mineral depletion and nutrient depletion and support that. Like, Can we exactly. inform women on all of these things? Yep. Amen. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So we're talking about the pill. While we're talking about that, I do want to just make people aware there's different types of pills. Then we have the IUD. There's two different types of that. So Mm -hmm. can we just talk about the different types of pills in general? Sure.
1: Yep. So really we've got combo pills. So that's going to have synthetic estrogen and progestins. Like you mentioned is synthetic progesterone. So completely different functions in the body. And then we have what's called the mini pill, which is progestin only. Mm -hmm. So those are our two main options. They both work the same way they're shutting off ovulation. So that conception can't occur. Um, And when we shut off ovulation, we shut off hormone production. And that's the main thing. When we think about symptoms that come from the pill. And then for IUDs, we've got two main types there too. We've got hormonal and non hormonal. And you mentioned the Mirena. I'd say that's probably the most common one, at least that we mm-hmm. see in our clients lately. And mm-hmm. that is a progestin only. Um, there are hormonal IUDs that are combinations. So oh. synthetic estrogen and progestin. Wait, one. I
0: actually didn't know that. Which, yeah. wh- what's that called? Or is there multiple? Um,
1: I think there are multiple. So, Morena was the first progestin only one. It's been out
0: for a while, and there are probably others that are progestin only. Yeah. I'm
1: blanking on names of others that's that okay. would be combo.
0: But I didn't know that. I don't know how. I had no idea there was like a combo IUD. Maybe it's just because everybody I've ever heard of that's on the IUD was on yeah. the progestin only.
1: Yeah. Morena or copper IUD. Or the copper who you see IUD. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so, that's a question that um, a lot of women, I think, are asking now because. It's very out there at this point where we want other options, like uh, not feeling great on birth control or on hormonal birth control. What about the copper IUD? And let's just dig into it a little bit because Mm -hmm. I always hesitate. I'm not quite sure how to answer that question because Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a lot of research and yeah, it seems like more physical symptoms, but I don't know. I'm curious like what are what is your advice when somebody asks about the copper IUD and what's it doing? Let's talk yeah. about that too.
1: Okay, sure. So the copper IUD is literally just a copper coil around like the plastic IUD little T-shaped device. Yeah. And that's working by creating local inflammation in the uterus where it's implanted. So that's preventing sperm and egg from meeting, preventing implantation. Um, And the pros to a copper IUD is that it's not providing any hormones and you still ovulate, which means you make your own hormones. So, you know, very clear benefits to that. And so, if I'm comparing and contrasting like hormonal contraceptives to a copper IUD, I can make the argument that copper IUD would be nice because at least we're preserving ovulation. Right. But like you, I am still worried about it. We don't have a ton of info. We know that it's creating inflammation by design. That's usually not a good thing to just. Right.
0: Because <laughs> copper is toxic to sperm <laughs> and it affects the quality of your eggs. So it's not, yep. yeah, conception isn't going to happen, which is a good goal if that's your, you know, you don't want to get pregnant, Right, but that localized inflammation. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it has me, I have questions about it.
1: I have questions too, you know, and we know nothing stays local. And actually finally, there was a study this month that showed that at least with the hormonal IUD, they found those synthetic hormones in breast and brain tissue. No way. Um, and they used to, to say, okay, an IUD is great because it stays local to the uterus, which, you know, nothing works like that in the body. You know, once something gets into the bloodstream, it's going to travel. And now at least there's lab data to back it. So I would assume it's probably similar with a copper IUD. That copper is not just staying there, it's getting taken up into the blood and circulating. And whenever we have a large input of copper, we're liable to mess up the balance of other mm-hmm. delicate minerals mm-hmm. and antioxidants so we can run into problems there too. And we certainly see that symptom-wise in
0: yeah. our clients. And I, I've heard a lot of heavy bleeding and cramping, which makes sense mm-hmm. because there is that localized inflammation. Do you know yeah. why specifically it's causing that? Just probably having a device inserted and some bodies are like, I yeah. don't know how I feel about this.
1: Yeah. Foreign body, a metal, yeah. you know, where it, where it doesn't normally belong that's been my understanding of why that would be that way. And the body's like, you know, readying immune forces and
0: like inflammatory
1: chemicals because there's a foreign body present. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows? We don't, again, have a ton of information on it, but I also get this question and I don't know specifically the answer because people ask, well, can I track with fertility awareness method if I'm on the copper IUD? And yes, you are ovulating I'm not certain how it affects cervical mucus because, yeah. you know, our cervix obviously responds to rising levels of estrogen and that's what produces cervical mucus. And so I'm like, I don't know. Is it affecting the way our cervix responds to estrogen? I mean, you're producing your own estrogen, but there's yeah. also that device in there. So yeah, I have no idea. Do you know, have you had clients that say it's altered their CM or do they maybe not even know like what, what they should be looking for?
1: You know, I've only had clients with the copper IUD looking at temperatures. Mm. Um, I haven't had them looking at cervical mucus So I don't have an answer for you about how that affects that, but it is an interesting question because, you know, we are still ovulating. So I would expect there to be some change there, but is that different with the localized inflammation?
0: I don't know. And if anyone's listening that is tracking and has a copper IUD, please like DM me. I want to know. I have not worked with a fertility awareness client that's on it. Um, I've only had people ask me. And I'm like, I mean, you definitely can. And that would be more because they're practicing, right? They want to practice while they're on birth control to make sure that they feel comfortable getting off. So, I mean, that's always an option, I guess, for people that are a little bit nervous. One of the first questions I'm asked when somebody is interested in using fertility awareness method is, what kind of thermometer should I buy and hands down, My top favorite thermometer is TempDrop, and you've probably heard me talk about it before. I am the biggest fan of TempDrop for so many reasons. First, it's a wearable thermometer, so you don't have to worry about waking up at the same time every day. You don't have to worry about if you had a rough night's sleep, or maybe you worked late, or you drank the night before, or any other variable that can disrupt your basal body temps the morning of, especially if. If you are a new mom and you're still waking up in the middle of the night, TempDrop is such a fantastic resource when you're trying to start fertility awareness method again. So with TempDrop, you put the device on your arm right before bed and it takes the most accurate temperature throughout the night. So all you have to do when you wake up is pop that temperature into your favorite charting method or sync it to your app and you are good to go. The best thing about tempdrop is it's backed by science. It uses the latest scientific knowledge to bring you an accurate method of cycle tracking and helping you identify when that fertile window is over. It also has zero radiation, which I know is a big question and concern for people wearing these devices overnight. So I love that. And of course, it's safe and non-invasive. So if you are looking to get started with fertility awareness method, or maybe you already have gotten started and you're just really tired of taking your temp orally in the morning, I highly encourage you to try out TempDrop and you can use my code Nina12 to get 12% off your purchase. Again, that's code Nina12 for 12% off. And we will link that code in the show notes for you. I cannot wait for your fertility awareness method charting to get that much easier. Let me know if you try it. I love it. And I hope you do too. okay, so we have these different birth controls. We need to support our body. As far as like food goes, is there mm-hmm. any specific foods? I mean, people really like to know like a diet. I guess mm-hmm. um, there. If I, when people ask me about nutrition now, I'm like, just kind of look into like the pro-metabolic thing. I don't yeah. like saying like you need to eat a specific diet, but that gives you some fantastic ideas. And I feel for like sure. it's so non-restrictive. Like that's the thing, oh, yeah. you know, it's like eat all the, eat all the foods. So yeah, yeah. kind of chat about nutrition and what people should look out for.
1: Sure. So I like the pro metabolic framework because of its emphasis on enough protein, which I find most females struggle to get unless they're really intentional about it. Um, and, you know, really looking at the quality of the fats and oils that we're introducing into our system. And as far as I'm concerned, when we're on birth control of any variety or are trying to transition off, we have to be getting really nutrient dense foods Mm -hmm. in our diet because we know we're working against something that's depleting foundational nutrients. And we've got something that's creating an inflammatory state. So if we can reduce inflammatory oils, then we're in a really good spot. So we're big on, you know, building blood sugar balanced meals here. So carbs, proteins, fats together about every four hours per day as a way to decrease that input of stress of swinging blood sugar throughout the day. Lots of good, like colorful fruits and veggies, especially bringing in fruits because I find like post paleo, post keto yeah, yeah, era, people are like so scared of fruit.
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like yeah. only berries. I can only have berries, right? I know. <laughs> and No high sugar fruits. And now I love, I have fruits so much throughout the day. Oh, me too. So good. It'd be like a
1: small corner of a banana in a smoothie, and it's yes. just, just for taste.
0: Yeah. You can never have a whole banana that is way yeah. too much sugar. You can only have, yeah, it's the paleo world scared us from fruit. I mean, that's crazy mm-hmm. to me veggies, like you just kind of encourage all veggies in general or.
1: Yeah. So I'd say that's probably one area in which I veer from like that pro metabolic framework is that I do think it's really important that we get a variety of plant foods specifically for for those fibers. So the more diversity we have in plant food fibers, the more diversity we have in our microbiome. And that's really the name of the game for optimal health. And if we're knowing that birth control is altering the microbiome, that fiber component is really important. So mm-hmm. I do really love root vegetables. Um, I do love dark leafy greens. I think people tend to overdo the salads and forget about the rest of the vegetables yeah. and wonder why they have GI symptoms from yeah. it, you know? But variety is usually what I would recommend.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I- talked about this. Actually, I think I talked about this with Amanda. I feel like I get bored with my vegetables. Like I get in a routine of just throwing spinach and things or throwing arugula Uh on top of stuff. And obviously I like potatoes, but I was like, oh, I'm so sick of, I don't know. Sometimes I can only think of broccoli. I'm like, it's only (laughs) broccoli, but there is, I mean, there's zucchini, there's squash, there's all Mm -hmm. these other vegetables. Can you just throw out a list of vegetables that you like and give some ideas?
1: Yeah. And I'm the same way. I get in serious ruts yes. with my groceries. And then I forget that there's this whole world out there of other foods.
0: <laughs> do you have any on top of mind unless you're in your yes. own grocery rut right now too?
1: <laughs> well, we actually just recently signed up for a like CSA delivery from cool. farms around here. So this is helping me because it's yes. like, I'm forced to use what's in there. Yeah. So what just got delivered and therefore I'm using, um, we do have some arugula. We've got zucchini and cucumbers. There were bell peppers and tomatoes.
0: I love bell peppers. And then I
1: usually keep like heartier stuff in the freezer. So like broccoli, cauliflower, even yes. like diced beets, those kinds of things that I can roast really easily. Um, oh, and there was asparagus in there too.
0: Mm-hmm. See, so many, so many good yeah. things. I mean, I love the air fryer. I think it's a oh, fantastic yeah. resource and I just will throw frozen veggies. I Speaking yeah. of, I had at Trader Joe's. I just bought like a packaged, it was like a stir fry mix and I threw that mm-hmm. in the air fryer yesterday and Ooh. it was like, pretty great. That's um, a good idea. yeah, so good. I love these tips. And so you keep saying us here. So you have a team of people working with you and support. And do you guys mainly focus on ber- like helping women transition off of birth control or what are some of the other things you guys focus on?
1: Yeah. So it's one part, um, it's a small team. So I have uh, another dietitian on the team that sees clients and we do that in a one-on-one fashion. Um, I've got a dietitian that does some like administrative back end, like creative work, which helps too. And then my husband recently joined the team here uh, cool. a month ago, which That's is cool. awesome. So he's helping with all the things that I don't do well with, which is like administrative and legal and compliance stuff. Yeah, but we do primarily one on one work with our clients, and a lot of it is birth control related, but not all of it. It's really kind of anything in the childbearing years that you might run into with hormone issues. So anything from like unexplained infertility to PCOS and endometriosis to transitioning off birth control, all that good stuff. Um, And then we do some practitioner training. So on how to use functional labs in this kind of context. And then next year we'll have a group program, which will be fun too.
0: Amazing. So your practitioner training, is that for all practitioners or for only like registered dietitians?
1: So it's for any practitioners that can order labs. Oh, so cool. there's a bunch of different types of credentials that give you lab ordering privileges. It's not just dietitians, And as long as you're able to order labs, it's open to you. Um, otherwise, my training can't give you the permission to order those. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So the birth control, going back to the birth control pill, we know that it affects very specific areas of the body that we've lightly touched on, right? Like liver, gallbladder, gut. Can we dig into that a little bit more and give some clarity?
1: Sure. So if you are on birth control or transitioning off, or maybe you even recently transitioned off and you're dealing with symptoms, the way we coach our clients is there's three main areas that we really have to support. So we talked about the nutrient repletion stuff quite a bit. You've got some tools there. That's something you'll continue on with as well. It's not just short term. The next is the liver and gallbladder. So when we have an influx in synthetic hormones, like we do on hormonal birth control, or even an influx in copper from the copper IUD, this means our liver is working harder processing those things. And your liver is a busy body. It's doing like thousands of things for you all day long. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So much stuff. Um, And then your gallbladder, which is located just behind your liver and like very intimately related with functions of the liver gets worked pretty hard too, because of those high levels of synthetic hormones, actually changing like the consistency of bile and bile Mm -hmm. flow. So we have to rehab those two areas. So we like to do that with like our liver supportive foods. So things like incorporating lemon and citrus, bitter compounds. Um, A lot of those are vegetables. So like the arugula, Mm -hmm. beloved arugula Mm -hmm. we were talking about. Fennel seeds, uh, cranberries, like anything that's got that bitter taste is helping with bile flow. And then adequate protein, primarily from animal sources, if you're open to it, so that we have enough amino acids to run our phase two detox in the liver. Um, and then we really like castor oil packs too. Gentle support for liver, gallbladder, and bile flow. And then the other piece, the third like leg on that stool is the gut. So we know that there have been changes to the microbiome as a result of pill hormones or iud hormones so working on like diversity of plant fibers in your diet to mm-hmm. feed good gut bugs um, potentially short term probiotics so i really like microbiome labs is megaspore biotic yeah, because that's in my cabinet too yes
0: <laughs>
1: they um are great on conducting research and that particular formulation can actually reduce the number of gram negative bacteria in the gut and that's the biggest shift that we see as a result of birth control is an wow. increase in gram-negative bacteria. So that's a pretty easy fit.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, as you're talking about these things, it's reminding me, you know, I, I really like digestive bitters. So uh, do you yes. recommend those? I love the Urban Moonshine bitters and I yes. just ran out of mine. So I need to get some more. And I have the Microbiome Megaspore in my cabinet right now as well. And sometimes I find, I feel like it makes me kind of constipated. And I'm like, that probably means there's something going on in there. I had my first facial today. I've never had a facial before. I, get, I have hormonal acne on my chin still. I've tried so many things. And um, she recommended like a different probiotic. And I'm wondering like, does uh do you know if the microbiome or the megaspore is that good for hormonal acne, or would you recommend a different one? It's kind of a side note, but yeah, I mean it depends on
1: what's causing it. So there's right. not just one flavor of of hormonal acne, <laughs> yeah. um, which is the frustrating aspect of it. And microbiome or megaspore is not automatically a fit for hundred percent of people. So um, like you mentioned, you might not feel great digestion. And if you've gone through like the the gradual ramp up of the dose, yes, and your, I so still, it's still not driving with yeah. your system, maybe it's not a good fit for you, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, we all have different you know parties going on in the gut, and not everything is welcome to that. Yeah, so yeah, changing changing the probiotic might be helpful. Um, I find the megaspore really helpful for acne if there's a big estrogen component to it because of that. It all comes back to that gram-negative bacteria decreasing the population of that because that particular type of bacteria keeps estrogen in circulation instead of getting detoxed. Mm. So we find it really helpful there. And they have some interesting studies on acne specifically too.
0: I'll have to look that up. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that. When I was pregnant, my skin looked fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. I think it was all the progesterone. I also had um, my back pain and the hip pain that I get, which I currently have, which is, yeah, what's going on with me. But that totally went away too. And so I'm always curious about, you know, just the increase in progesterone in pregnancy and how that affects the skin. Also like estrogen, of course, increases and that definitely like adds some glow, but I probably have so much estrogen going on anyway. It's not like I needed it. But yeah, I mean, there's so many different components, right? To health and what we're doing, but I don't know why I got on that tangent, probably because of the megaspore in my cabinet. Um, But yeah, we want to focus on all of these various different areas. And I think what you've been mentioning is there's so many things we can do with food in general, right? Like food to support the liver, food to support the gut. And then of course, there's always supplementation. And that's probably when it's great to work with somebody too, right? If you want like a targeted plan for your body and for your specific needs.
1: Yep. I think the general stuff is always a good starting point. And for some people, that's all they need, which is awesome. But if you're hitting roadblocks with symptoms, or like you try
0: Megaspore, for right. example, and it's just not
1: sitting right. You know, that's where working with someone can be really helpful at figuring out what makes sense for you because we are all very different. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, this has been so helpful. And I want to make sure if anyone's listening and they're like, I'm off birth control, or I'm planning on getting off and I need support. Where can they find you? I know you have a lot of great information on Instagram, but definitely give them all of the resources if they're looking for more help.
1: For sure. So yeah, Instagram is where I spend most of my like non client-facing time. Um, and it's at Kayley RD, And then my website is the same. It's KayleeRD.com. So both places, you'll find a ton of free resources. So on Instagram, lots of like infographics and things like that. And then on my website, we've got big blog write-ups, um, some free downloads and things to help with navigating that transition off birth control.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting about this today. It was wonderful. And I can't wait for people to continue to follow you and your work.
1: Thank you so much. And likewise, I just love what you're putting out there and the community that you've created. It's such needed information and I'm happy to have it to refer
0: people to. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for tuning into that episode with Kaylee. Make sure to go follow her. I have her Instagram and her website linked in the show notes. And if you are looking for support with coming off of the pill, she is a great resource. Her and her team will take good care of you. And if you are looking for support with learning a natural form of birth control, fertility awareness method, I am here to support you every step of the way through my online program, Luna, and three-month membership. So if you have any questions, on luna please feel free to reach out at nursed with nina or you can check out my free training which is linked in the show notes as well all right everyone i cannot wait to chat with you next monday with a new guest until then i'll see you soon